Welcome to the Acts 29 podcast, a resource for planting churches worldwide. And I am your host, Jeff Metters. And on today's show, we have the great Jen Oshman on the show. Jen, how are you? Hey, Jeff. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Have you been announced that way before as the great <laughs> you know, Jen Oshman? I'm going to have to let future interviewers know that that's how it's done because that's the first yeah. time, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I would I would put that in there on how you you know want to be in, you know announced. But yeah. Make that a requirement. Yeah, I'll do the show, <laughs> but I need to be announced as Jen Oshman the great or the great Jen. Either, either one is, is fine. That's funny. Perfect. Well, Jen Oshman is a wife, a mom, a writer. You've been a missionary and a pastor's wife for over two decades on three continents, you guys live in Colorado, you and your family, where you planted Redemption Parker, a wonderful Acts 29 church. Jen has authored several books and also hosts a weekly podcast that you should all check out called All Things. Jen, did I miss anything that you want to no. tell us about? No, I think that's it. That covers it. You've got new puppies in the house. We were talking about that. That's important. That's true. You mean, people should know there are new puppies in the room yeah. right next door, and they are adorable. They're three-week-old Labradors, and they're really cute. Oh, okay. There we Hard go. Hard to work with them around. Oh, man. I, w- I would imagine. Well, as, as we're diving in, maybe tell us, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about, a little more about the church, um, how long it's been part of Acts 29, and maybe anything else that's fascinating about the great Jen Oshman that, that people would want to know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, hopefully I won't disappoint too much, but we, our church is going to turn six years old um, in early February, so coming right up, which um, Redemption Parker has been a tremendous gift, but also a tremendous surprise. Um, my husband Mark and I married almost 24 years ago. And we um, finished up seminary and almost immediately went overseas after about a year. And we were church planters overseas. So we saw ourselves as doing ministry um, not in the U.S. for the rest of our lives. And we were in Japan and we were in the Czech Republic. And then seven years ago, we were called off the mission field to take care of my dad, who was dying from Alzheimer's and dementia. And so that was really a reluctant transition, not something that we foresaw. And it was a pretty fast and abrupt transition. And so we landed back here in Colorado. And um, then we started just attending other churches. You know, we'd been gone for like 15 years. And so we didn't have, you know, we had ascending church and friends who were pastors and we didn't necessarily have that home church. And so kind of, you know, looking around church shopping like you do and um, having been church planters before and that really just being part of our DNA, part of the joy of our life. Um, it was, it was tricky church shopping. It just felt like, um, we, we just had that like itch, you know? So we started inviting people over to our house. Um, genuinely, you know, people that we knew for a long time, but mostly people that we met, you know, I met somebody, um, where I was at a place where I was volunteering at a pregnancy resource center, met somebody at the library and just was like, Hey, this is weird. Um, but our family likes to serve dinner and study the Bible on Friday nights. Do you want to come over? (laughs) I promise we're not a cult and people came and they came and they kept coming and it, it turned into redemption Parker over time. So Um, that's the story kind of behind the church. We have a couple services now, about 250 people and including children. And, um, we never saw ourselves here, but it's been a, it's been a huge grace and a huge gift. And I I thank the Lord for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Six years. That's a, that's a wonderful. So, so glad to hear that. Uh, Jen, we've added a new feature to the show that we have now embedded some listener questions into it. And so this one is perfect for you. Uh, listener ask, what are some ways churches can practically encourage care for their pastor's wife. I love that. Bless the listener who asked that. I think that's so sweet. Um, 
I think, man, there are, I could, I could answer this question in so many different ways, but I think what is important to remember when you approach your relationship with your pastor's wife is that we are all so different. And so I know that people can have a really good experience with a pastor's wife at one church and expect the same thing to happen at the next church. And there's just maybe like a standard or an ideal or an expectation, you know, like maybe at your last church, your pastor's wife had you over every week for coffee and really dove into your life and you loved that. Or maybe she didn't and you didn't know her at all and you loved that. You know, maybe it was like, I I need some distance from that lady. Um, so I think what I, what has been hard for me sometimes is that people will come to our church. People relocate to Colorado from other States all the time. That's like the state is just exploding with relocating people. So a lot of times people come to us from a different church and I know that they, they might not say it out loud, but expect a certain behavior or a role from me that I don't know about. So I think giving your pastor's wife just a lot of grace and room and maybe voicing that, Hey, here's something I loved about my last church. Um, and just not expecting it or, or asking her to do that necessarily. But yeah, I hate to disappoint people. I hate to be a bummer to somebody who wants something different from me. So I think mm-hmm. space and grace and communication is key. Yeah, that's good. And I'll add one, uh, Starbucks gift cards. Why not? Oh, that is a really much better answer. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> really like so I, Chipotle gift cards, any kind of, you know, eating out is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. And just, you can email them, you can DoorDash gift cards, especially if they got young kids. Like, Hey, here's some, here, have dinner on us uh, one yes. night this week. Just, just to yeah. bless them. That uh, is so give, good. Give books. I don't know. All just, the gifts. Yeah. Why not? Just, just <laughs> give them gifts. Give more gifts than complaints. Uh, that yes. would be very practical. Very, That's very probably practical. good advice for any, every church member for yeah. every other church member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think every church member should remember that the pastor's wife is not the pastor mm. and she is not going to be sitting in elders meetings and is probably not like, uh, I, I would hope not, you know, like the Oz behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah uh, the one, God, no. I mean, if that's the case, that, that I think that is an unhealthy environment and a, an, an unhealthy church. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, she's there, she's a good church member and she does hear about things and whatever, but she's like everybody else. She's married to a Christian and, uh, go read, you know, um, Janie Wartland's book, Help, I'm Married to My Pastor. And you can get some insights yeah. into what it may be like to be a pastor's wife too. So maybe some, uh, is it empathy or sympathy? I don't know which one it is, yeah, but all of it. Get, get, both. Yeah, get both. Why not? And, and check it out from there. X29 is excited to announce our 2023 Advanced Conferences. Advanced Conferences are regional training and assessment events that bring together new and aspiring church planters, dynamic thinkers, and proven practitioners. Whether you've been involved in church leadership for three decades or your church plant is just beginning this year, every Acts 29 leader, both men and women, will benefit from these events. Conferences are going to be held this year in Raleigh, North Carolina, Omaha, Nebraska, Dallas, Texas, and Portland, Oregon. Registration is open now for our first event in Raleigh, North Carolina, March 6th through 8th. You can learn more by going to acts29.com slash advance23. We hope you'll join us for one of these exciting events this year. That takes us to the new book that you've written. It's a wonderful book called Welcome, and it's about welcoming one another in the local church. But Jen, let's go ahead and let's let's bust um, what this book is not about. 
it is not about have how well I guess in a way it is, but it, it is not about having the best uh, welcome team in your mm, church. Yes. Um, wh- why is your book not about that yeah. alone? That is such a good distinction. In fact, we talked about this. We have a staff meeting once a month and I am on our um, church staff as, as I run our women's ministry at our church. So I was present at that meeting and um, we were talking to some people who are sort of heading up what we call our connect table. And we made this distinction and, and you really point to it is this is a book about welcoming, not about greeting. Mm-hmm. So those are really distinct things. A, a greeter stands at the door and holds the door open and smiles and welcomes you in. And that is part of welcoming. But that is just the teeny tiny tip of the iceberg. So I think every church should have that. Like greeters should be present. People should feel like the door is being opened. They are welcome here. Come on in. Yeah. Keep keep walking into the sanctuary, right? But welcoming is so much more than that. Welcoming is laying down your own preferences, your own agenda, your own conveniences, considering others better than yourselves, going toward the outsider, bringing in the marginalized, Mm. um, and just having a posture that seeks the good of the others who are in your presence on a Sunday morning and then well beyond. And so welcoming is like, come on into church, but also want to go to lunch here? I see you have teenagers. Let me introduce you to the youth pastor. Oh, would you like to come to women's Bible study? Here's my cell phone number. If you need anything, please text me. You know, it is this enveloping and welcoming on a deep level of people into your life and into your church family. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And I want to make sure that every, I want to encourage every pastor or any, any staff member deacon that that's listening. And I want to make sure you're not hearing uh, what I'm saying. Uh, that I'm not saying welcoming into the church doesn't matter. Greeting in the church doesn't matter. I think that's baseline, like simple. Yeah. Uh, we got to start there and do that because I know there are introverted pastors. Mm-hmm. I know there are introverted deacons, introverted staff members. And I do think Christ calls us to that simple beginning baseline point. Um, hello. Good morning. Yeah. Nice to see you. I'm glad you're here to worship the Lord together. Um, cause I know sometimes people go, well, I'm an introvert and no, no, no. And I just say, if Starbucks greets me better than another Christian, yeah. I think we can do better. Yeah. Um, if Chick-fil-A is more welcoming than our local church, I think we can do better. Mm-hmm. So, so let's do better with that. And then let's do better with all the stuff that you're talking about. And so you, hospitality, you talk so much about it in the book about how it's not an option for Christians. Mm-hmm. And so maybe let's, before we talk about why that is and all what it is throughout the scriptures, what is biblical hospitality? How, how do we see that in the scriptures? Because I know already it, it's, it is synonymous a lot of times with a connect team and hospitality and having warm uh, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and having good smelling candles in the church. And all oh, that's great. But what is biblical hospitality? Yeah, we are commanded in the New Testament to practice hospitality. Um, and so I, I start the book, you know, one of the early chapters is about the welcome of Jesus and so I think that's a helpful place to start is, is the, the way the Lord practices hospitality toward us, because he says, then go and do likewise. So we know from Philippians chapter two, that Christ was on his throne and um, was willingly emptied himself out and came to earth in flesh as the babe in a manger who then um, lived, died and rose again. And so that we might be reconciled to the father. So we see in that 
in, in Jesus, our creator and our savior, one who goes toward, one who goes toward the outsider, one who does not um, seek his own comfort and his own glory and his own convenience, but yet empties himself out and goes toward those who are on the outside. So I think that's really the first step is to be routinely asking ourselves, am I prioritizing my own ease, uh, my own personality, as you said, like an introvert versus an extrovert? Am I prioritizing myself here or am I prioritizing the other? Am I seeing the needs of the other and then moving towards those needs and trying to meet them? Um, So it is much more expansive than just greeting or just welcoming, but it's really living this lifestyle that says Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. How can I put him on display and how can I share him with you? Whether you come into my church building or you live on my street or you go to my kid's school or I see you at Starbucks, um, you know, welcoming is not just for Sunday morning in the church, but it's this attitude of reaching out into our community and going towards others in our community um, 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite parts in the book, I think I, I told you this over email, is that uh, you write so well about how Christianity is a welcoming faith, that it welcomes the poor, it welcomes, uh, has been the most welcoming to women, and has been the most welcoming to outsiders. I mean, so I, I won't steal the thunder, it's all in the book, but you, you can talk more about that. Uh, do you want to pack, unpack any of that for listeners? Because I just found that so compelling yeah. to think about how Christianity, the, the history of welcoming in, in Christianity. Yeah, I think, you know, we look back at the first century and it is so compelling. Um, Glenn Scrivener is an author who recently released a book called The Air We Breathe. And he talks about, I love the way he puts it, he calls it the Jesus Revolution. And I think that's such a great way to put it because Jesus revolutionized the world and the Greco-Roman context that he was in. A context that was very, um, you know, there was a hierarchy, a sort of a caste system um, when it came to socioeconomics, gender, ethnicity. And Jesus just came in and blew that up. And he said, all who are weary and heavy laden come to me. And in Christ, those who were without hope found hope. And those who were without life and means found life in Christ. And that's including, you know, the wealthy centurion who has power, who realized that in and of himself, he had nothing Mm. and that he needed his God, his maker and his savior. But all the way down, we see it just so striking, especially in the first century where women who were, you know, discarded as babies um, through practices of female infanticide, uh, women who were marginalized as they were wives or servants, Um, but also the poor and the oppressed in that community. They found a home in the early church because the early believers, the early followers of Jesus found abundant life in Christ, found that their dignity and value wasn't based on um, their ethnicity or their financial status um, or what people group they belonged to, but their dignity and their value was rooted in the person of Jesus. And so as they saw that dignity in themselves, then they extended it to others. And so, yeah, the first century just blew things up. It was a crazy time in history. And the whole reason that we now have in our cultural DNA a concern for the poor, a concern for the marginalized, is because this has been passed down to us through generations from the Jesus revolution. That's how we know it is right to welcome in 
um, the refugee and the asylum seeker. And it's right to welcome in those who are hurting and those who are poor, um, to give a cup of cold water to those who thirst is from Jesus himself. So the way that just changed the whole Western world and the whole globe, um, that really does need to be instructing us in how we welcome on a Sunday morning and how we welcome all week long. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to see that that there that we all share a baseline, um, you know, sin nature. We all share that same baseline depravity, and we all share that same we need Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah. and especially like especially in our culture today, I mean, there is so much conversation about well, what about um, the LGBTQ uh, plus community? Uh, what about this? And what about this religion? And what about these stances? And what about this thing? And Christianity does continue to say, you, you can come in and have a conversation with us. Mm. We don't, we don't have, uh, the doors double bolted. Mm -hmm. Um, like we want to begin a conversation with you and we want, Jesus wants to bring any and every kind of sinner into his kingdom to heterosexual sins, to homosexual sins, to, uh, identity issues on and on and on. Jesus is a savior of any kind of sinner that there is. Mm. And we all rally around him and leaving our sins, whatever they be at his cross. And we put our arms around each other and go, man, isn't it good to be welcomed in Christ? Yes. Because our culture is the most unwelcome place. American culture is the most unwelcoming place on the planet. Mm. But Jesus really is the most welcoming place that we can rest. That's why I love John Bunyan's book, Come and Welcome to Jesus Christ. Mm. Like, oh, it's so good. So, yeah. so good. Well, yeah. okay. Well, Jen, how, how can our churches and other churches that are listening, what does it look like for our churches to be welcoming in both word and, and deed? And maybe how do you bridge the gap of connection for those who do feel isolated and intimidated, maybe there yeah. in, in the local church? Yeah, man, there, I mean, I hope that the book really sparks some brainstorming as maybe small groups read it together or deacons or leaders or attendees, whatever. Um, I hope it really sparks some creativity because I, I interviewed pastors and missionaries all across the globe. And so the book is full of stories. Um, it's just peppered throughout of like, this is how this particular congregation did it. This is how these Christians do it. And so I hope that it just gets the creative juices flowing because there's so many ways that we can welcome in far beyond just holding the door open on a Sunday morning, um, as diverse as we are, that's how many diverse ways there are to welcome people in. And there's 8 billion people on the planet. So evidently there's 8 billion ways to welcome somebody in. Um, but yeah, one, I think there, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. I, I guess I would say one way is to start with prayer and to be a church that seeks to, um, bring Jesus kingdom come his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think to be a people of prayer is key. I think to be a people who observe their culture is key. This is something that we um, have lost largely. I think you see it in the church planting movement and you see it amongst missionaries. Um, But I think maybe the typical American church isn't looking to exegete and understand the culture around them. So what's going on in my neighborhood? What are the felt needs of the people around me? And how can I meet those needs with the gospel of Jesus and with tangible ways of just, you know, serving their, their bodies and their souls. Um, so to, to exegete culture and to, to move by prayer and then to be willing to go by faith, to risk and to go toward the outsider, to go toward those who are other, um, you kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but I think one of the great tragedies in 2023 and has been the case now for several decades is that churches are largely seen as, 
um, you know, irrelevant and like, oh, church is still going on. Like, oh, church still happens. Right. I mean, you know, here in Colorado, 67% of people don't go to church or claim any kind of spirituality. So the majority of people on a Sunday morning are skiing or hiking or going to snooze for brunch. They are not, nobody's thinking about the church, you know? So, um, we need to make ourselves relevant by being in our communities as beacons of light. Um, you know, we do have contrasting values and ideals from the culture at large, but may, may that contrast not force us to retreat May it instead push us forward. Um, a phrase I use a lot in the book is, we are a porch light in a dark night. And mm. people are languishing. We have a pandemic of isolation and loneliness, mental health issues, drug addiction and alcohol addiction and overuse. And so people are in need. People are hurting. And so how can we um, meet those needs by prayer, understanding the culture, moving out in faith and revealing that we are relevant because we bear with us the God who made them and died to save them and wants to welcome in their weary souls. Yeah. 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 So good. I, I think maybe one thing we could, we could address is what do you think are some of the challenges that we need to face head on personally inside the church? Like what are our own hurdles for why we aren't as welcoming as we ought to be? What, what do you mm. think is hindering us? I think there's a number of things. The first thing that automatically comes to my mind, though, is just the American pace of life. Um, And obviously, this book is for for everybody, not just Americans. But as I look at the West, and I've lived in Europe as well as the United States, we are a very busy people. Um, We have this pressure and this sense that we aren't doing well in life, that we are not somehow successful unless we're very productive and very busy. And we feel like we're not good parents if we're not offering our children um, a daily, you know, dose of sports teams and ballet practice and theater rehearsal. Um, There is just the sense of like, to be a good human in America, you have to be super, super busy. And that is, I believe, just a a scheme of the enemy, to be honest, to keep us... um, to keep us sort of unfeeling, unsensitive toward the move of the spirit and toward the needs around us. We, be, we have become self-absorbed and self-consuming. And so I think that's the first is to free up some of your schedule so that you aren't feeling frantic, so that you can feel rested, so that you can have a moment to lift your eyes up off yourself and look around your neighborhood and look around your city and um, just have some human involvement. I mean, One of the ways the Lord did plant the church in our family, in our living room, is our missions pastor from our sending church said, when you get back here, don't get busy. Do do not put the kids in the things. Do not join the things. He said, stay in your house and open the doors and ask people if they want to come in. And that proved to be prophetic because people felt welcomed and cared for as we said, we're not busy. We got, we got dinner. Come on over. So I think that's one thing. Um, you know, a couple other things that come to mind immediately is um, I think we are afraid. You know, we just, we lack faith. Yeah. We, we make our God small and safe and manageable. We make him in our image rather than being sanctified in his image. And we say crazy things like, well, God would not ask me to do that. Like the Lord would not call me to something that's not safe or healthy um, or within my means, you know. But the truth is Jesus is like, no, come and die. Follow me and come and die. And so, you know, 
who do we believe God to be? Because he right. is a big God who has given us a big calling. And you don't know that until you respond with big faith. So let's walk in faith. Let, let's take the plunge and put our God, you know, put him to the test and say, will you help me when you get here? And you will find that he will. He will answer that. So those are two things, I think, just busyness and maybe a lack of faith because we don't believe that God's really in it or that he will really do it. We have fixed our eyes on ourselves rather yeah. than on Jesus. Yeah, that's very true. That's so true. I, I I can resonate with all of that in my own personal experience and mm-hmm. what I observe just in friends and family and all that. And also, I, I think we need, um, coming out of COVID, to, I, we've just lost a lot of personal interaction. We got used to that way of life. Uh, we had tons of great family time, mm, but then yeah. you know, I'm sure, you know, I hope that's true of a lot of families, but then to also go, okay, that was abnormal that, that two years of what we just went through, but now we're getting back to, you know, like, um, I think bringing back potluck meals, I mean, Absolutely. old school, mm-hmm. old, I mean, this is my old school Baptist tradition, fellowship hall. We just need fellowship halls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, every home a fellowship hall, you know, if every Christian's a missionary, let's make every home a fellowship hall too. And, and just having people over for dinner, no agenda, just to really have biblical fellowship. You know, I, I think we, we need more pockets of not everything has to be a church organized, um, official Bible study. that you like every church member, you are free in Christ to invite anyone over to your home and anyone out to your favorite restaurant and just talk to each other. Just get to know each other. You don't need, you don't need your men's coordinator to plan that. You don't need your women's coordinator to plan it. You can do it on your own. And I guarantee your pastors will be like, Oh, that's great. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad everybody would love that. And so we need more organic, um, unorganized getting together uh, community and welcoming uh, yeah. to happen every single day. I love that. And I can, I feel even now like the sense that a listener might be like, yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not that fun. I'm not that engaging. I'm not that interesting. I'm not a good cook. My house is small. My house is dirty. Our life is this, that, or the other, you know, and I just want to say to that listener, I, I get that. I hear you. I feel inadequate all the time. Um, but to feel inadequate is not wrong. I mean, I think that's actually quite accurate. We are inadequate and, um, you definitely do fall short, (laughs) but let's, again, let's take our eyes off ourselves and fix them on Jesus. And he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He died and rose again. He reigns now in heaven and he lives in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So even as you feel insecure, you know, this, this, this is a hard word, but that's sort of the other side of pride. And so stop putting your hope and your trust in your own ability and your own cooking skills and your own hosting skills, fix your eyes on Jesus and go for it. You know, who has he asked you to go toward and by his power and Christ in you do that. Yeah. 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 And I, I think of so many things that, you know, growing up in in Texas, growing up in Houston and growing up in a Southern Baptist church and seeing all the things that we did and all the things that they did that, you know, churches are like, Oh, we should do this again. Going, yeah. They did it back then. Cause it worked. Yeah. Uh, visitation, yes. bringing a loaf of bread. I mean, like all the making phone calls, like all the things that, you know, when I talk with church planners, like, Oh, we're going to start doing this and go, yeah, people did that 70 years ago <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. And so I think some of it goes, you don't, we don't need to reinvent some of this wheel. 
it's there and it's operating pretty, pretty well. And Mm so let's recover some of these old practices. Like I love it. I, I, I love all these churches and what they're doing, but there are things that we can look back in the past and go, Hey, that worked. Um, let, let's learn uh, how to be welcoming uh, again because we've always been this way. You know, the longer I'm in ministry and the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I realize that his means of grace are just so ordinary. Yeah, It's just ordinary. It's just being in the word, being with his people and abiding in his spirit. And there's just nothing really flashy about personal growth or church growth. It's, mm-hmm. it's the ordinary means of Jesus through his ordinary saints. Yeah, that's so good. I I, I remember being uh, told one time, anytime you feel like a, an impulse to pray for somebody, mm. that you should do it. Like right so then. Mm-hmm. Do it right then. And I think we can expand it to go, anytime you feel, you know, I should, I should tell that person hello. Or I should ask that person how they're doing and actually mean it and like want to hear. Or I, I should... I should invite that person out to coffee mm-hmm. or I should, you know, like act on it. Um, it. That that very well could be the Holy Spirit leading mm-hmm. you to grow and welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed us and to really grow in that hospitality that serves one another in Christ. It serves the stranger. It serves the outsider. Um, I, I think we can react to some of these maybe, maybe spirit led impulses uh, in, in our lives too. Yeah. So good. I agree with you, Jeff. Okay. Well, Jen, I want to encourage listeners to go out go to Amazon today and go get Welcome by Jen Oshman. You will love it. You'll benefit from it. You'll be encouraged by it. Maybe go ahead and buy a, a stack of them for your staff teams and your elders to, to read that together, think about it together, and really ask, how welcoming is our church? Um, if we were to assess, how, how welcoming are we? Maybe we've got great coffee. Maybe we have a donut wall. But that's not what we're talking about. What, <laughs> how, how welcoming is our church for real? Yes. Um, so, so go check it out today. I, I know you'll, you'll benefit from that book. And also grab the others, Belong from Barnabas Piper, Gather mm-hmm. from Tony Rita, and you'll, you'll enjoy, enjoy those books. And th- there's yeah. more to come, more to come. Okay, so Jen, speed round question. Okay. Let's, let's land this uh, jumbo jet 747 <laughs> okay. of the Acts 29 podcast. Okay, what's a great book you've read recently that you want to recommend? Yes, shoot. And I already referenced it. I guess it's on my mind this morning. That's why. But I do, I would love to commend to people by Glenn Scrivener, The Air We Breathe. Such a great unpacking of culture and history. The Air We Breathe, Glenn Scrivener. The Air We Breathe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second one, how are you finding rest? So in the winter in Colorado, my husband and I take off Thursdays together. He's the lead pastor at our church. And so weekends are not that restful for us. Um, We have two high schoolers left at home. So weekends are not restful because of them also. (laughs) So um, Mark and I take Thursdays off and we head to the mountains and we go skiing. We ski on Thursdays. And it's wow. so good to be out in the fresh, cold air. We That's how we rest. Yeah, that's exactly what Nat- Natalie and I do the same thing in Houston, Texas. Every <laughs> every Thursday, head just to the like mountains, that. just like that. The, all these, all these, you know, every time I talk to a Colorado person, y'all just brag about the mountains and brag about the weather. We do. So we do. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> we're, we're very happy for you, as I can tell. Okay, what is your favorite verse or verse that's just ministering to you right now? That's on your heart and mind. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I um, was with a bunch of global workers over this past weekend, and we unpacked the life of Peter. And something that stood out to me that has just been preaching to me since that the, the day that I shared it is, you know, the night that Jesus is crucified and betrayed, or the night he's betrayed, Jesus uh, Peter denies him three times, right? And then the rooster crows, and he weeps bitterly because of yeah. his betrayal. 
Well, then Jesus dies and rises again. And there's that scene in John where he's having breakfast with the apostles. And he says, Peter, do you love me? You know, three different times. And Peter's like, yes, Lord. Well, all the way at the end of that paragraph, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And I love that because those are his first words to Peter. And then we see them Mm -hmm. here before he ascends to heaven, follow me. And I love that because Peter was not defined by his failure. He betrayed the Lord. He responded in fear. And yet the Lord said, follow me. You know, you are still my son. I'm going to build my church through you. I'm still pleased with you. Follow me. And that, that just encourages me because the Lord's invitation to keep following him, to keep pressing on um, is so good. I'm so thankful that that rests on his perfection and not my own. Yeah. What a word. What a great word to hear from Jesus. Follow, follow me. And that was a great way to end the show. Let's all follow Jesus, follow him, abide with him, follow his mission, I, I noticed that this past week I was studying a similar passage that 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 call together the first one follow me, and then he also says I will make you fishers of men, yes. and it's same it's same there in John mm-hmm. follow me, feed my sheep mm-hmm. you know like Jesus calls us to himself and to his mission, and so we we know what this mission is and for us at X twenty nine part of that mission looks like planting churches worldwide, uh, so so Jen thank you for coming on the X twenty nine podcast it's always great to talk to you sister and I'm really grateful for you thank you Jeff this has been great. Well, this show was produced and edited by Aaron Logan. Show prep and research were done by Olivia Mead and Christy Britton. And I'm your host, Jeff Metters, Director of Assessment. Let's plant churches worldwide.